afternoon and welcome to the only show you need to get you through your Wednesday. To get you through the coronavirus crisis in a world where few things are reliable, we are. So Jason Rancho, we're live on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming live on the KTTH smartphone app. We got a lot to get to. We only have an hour left to do it. Seattle wants to give $100 million to illegal immigrants. We'll tell you why. An inmate released by Jay Inslee due to the coronavirus. Oh, nothing. He just tried to strangle a six-year-old woman to death. Plus, the owner of PA Fitness in Arlington, he stops by to discuss the lawsuit filed against him by Governor Jay Inslee and, of course, Bob Ferguson, the Attorney General. This hour of the Jason Ranch Show is brought to you by You Build It. Lots of news is happening all around the world and right here at home. So let's find out what's trending. What's trending in Seattle? So Washington says they're all about the rule of law. We hear that from Governor Jay Inslee all the time. He wants you, he wants you to follow... His stay-at-home guidelines. His directives. You have no choice. It is the law. Of course, they're releasing criminals from jail. They're reoffending. We'll get into that in a bit. Seattle City Council does the exact same thing. We want you to follow the rules, except when it comes to being in this country illegally. They want to reward people who are in this country illegally. They want to give them $100 million dollars minimum in creating a fund to help folks who are in this country illegally. It's called the Washington Worker Relief Fund. It would provide, quote, economic assistance to undocumented Washingtonians during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, the governor has said that he wants to do this. He hopes to do this. He would prefer, it sounds, to do this without actually have to, having to go through the state legislature. So he's looking to see if it's possible for him to do this. At a time, by the way, that we gave $1.6 million away to fraud, fraudsters due to the unemployment scandal. He's now looking for $100 million to give to illegal immigrants. How would you even know if you're in this country illegally? How do you prove that? How do, you, how do you prove that? Is there documentation that says that you are here illegally? I suppose there are the possibility if you're part of one of the federal programs that do bring in migrant workers. And if that were the case, I actually wouldn't have a problem with that. If they're going through the system the right way and they're here part of a federal program, obviously they're not able to get federal assistance during all of this. In that case, I would be fine with that. That's not what this is about. This is about giving money to organizations that would then pass it around to people who are in this country illegally, which rewards them for that behavior. I am very, very sympathetic to folks who are in this country through no fault of their own, whether we're talking about dreamers or people who literally were brought here as kids. I have total sympathy for them, and I don't think they should be punished. I think they should be able to get federal subsidies in a time like this. But an adult who comes into this country illegally, knowing that they're breaking the law, even if I understand why they would do that, doesn't mean you get to be rewarded, of course, unless you're in Washington State or in California where they're doing this. They've already gotten the pass. I think it's $75 million in California. And of course, we always have to one-up California and being the wokest of woke. So that's what this is about. In California... They're trying to help about 150,000 illegal immigrants. In D.C., the House passed a Democratic-driven bill 
that would give illegal immigrants money in the next round of stimulus checks. When you do things like this, you attract illegal immigrants into your community. Now, while it is certainly true that the vast majority of illegal immigrants are not committing crimes outside of being in this country illegally, and they generally will participate in the economy in your community, why are we going to let Democrats like Jay Inslee or Jenny Durkin or Lorena Gonzalez and Teresa Mosqueda and Andrew Lewis and all these other council members on the Seattle City Council, why are we letting them tell us that we need to follow rules, that we need to pay the taxes they want us to pay, that we need to pay the card tab fees that we all overwhelmingly voted against, but they're forcing us to pay it anyway. But then in the same breath say they're going to do something like this. It is maddening, the inconsistencies. And of course, this is gaining the attention of the federal government, the acting DHS secretary, Chad Wolf. He was on with Fox News. He says this is not a good idea. I just think that's a a, a terribly dangerous uh, decision to make. I think at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're rewarding individuals for illegal behavior. These are individuals who came here to the country illegally uh, and now are are taking advantage of uh, taxpayer-funded resources. And I think that's the wrong, from a law enforcement perspective, it's the wrong message to send. It goes against everything that uh, DHS as a law enforcement agency does on that southwest border and on the northern border. It's just a terrible uh, signal and message to send. He's 100 percent correct. It is a terrible signal to send. But that's the signal that they want to send because they want to be the party. Literally, they want to be the party of the illegal immigrant. Because it tells you that they care about communities of color. That's the only reason why they're doing it. It's to virtue signal. They don't actually care. They just want you to think that they care. And 100 million dollars to them is not all that much money. Think about just for a second the amount of fraud that could be in something like this. Because unless when dealing with a financial situation like this, they've changed the rules, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to ask people their their place of origin, whether or not they're in this country legally. You can't ask about their citizenship. So I'm assuming they're just going to say, oh, well, you, why would you lie? Here, here's, here's the money. Why would you commit fraud? Oh, wait, did we just have a big scandal with... Employment Services Department giving out $1.6 million to fraudulent claims of unemployment. Uh, forget that. I mean, you, you, you look you look like other. Here's some money. I'm going to send you. Yes. I'd love that. I you look like other. Chat. You look like other. Here's money. You can't tell which other I look like, but yeah, I'll take other. But, but how would they even go about distributing the money? Again, they say that they would give it to like community organizations. That does not sound like there's any any double-checking at all to make sure that the right people are even getting the money. We're going to do a, a sting. We're sending you in. Can I keep the money? Yeah. Cool. It's your money. I'm there for it. They're giving it to you. I mean, I would say it's unethical to keep the money, but <laughs> no one's ever accused you of having ethics. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending? Crime. So remember how when Jay Inslee said he was only going to release the nonviolent offenders from Washington prisons due to the fear that the coronavirus could spread and hit them? Remember that? Well, hey, here's another case of an individual who was released from jail early who doesn't fall into an age demographic as a 33-year-old that would be at a higher risk of mortality due to the coronavirus. And here he is trying to murder an elderly woman. 
This woman was going on a hike in Everett on the Inner Urban Trail. She was there alone. She was doing what we were told is safe to do, which is go for walks and exercise because we don't want people stuck in their house 24-7. You will go mad if you do that. So they let her go out just like they let you and I go out, except in her case, it was very dangerous because the police are alleging Matthew Corey came up from behind her and started to choke her, trying to kill her. Now, luckily, she was able somehow to get away. She released or was released from his grip. She ran. She screamed. Someone called 911. The police show up. They end up catching this guy. And according to Q13, this should come as no shock to you. He's got a very, very, very lengthy arrest record. He very clearly is a violent offender. This is a guy who now will have 11 arrests, seven felony convictions, and two misdemeanors. Oh, and he told investigators he'd been using meth for two weeks. He's been using meth for two weeks and he hasn't slept in seven days. He doesn't even remember trying to choke this woman to death. But he had a whole bunch of folks on his side trying to get him out of jail. These are human beings. They have families. They have kids. They have families. They have kids. We need to release all of our prisoners. Activists who are against the judicial system, who think it is inherently racist against people of color, who think the only reason there are black and brown people in prison is because of institutionalized racism, and they will do everything they can to close up these jails and get people kicked out of jail, including people who try to strangle to death elderly women. They want you to think that they are heroes fighting for the little guy. They're not heroes, they're villains. And they're not fighting for the little guy, they're fighting for the felons. The felons who are trying to kill people. And they get away with it, and they get coverage and defense by these activists in the community who want you to think, oh, they're just like you and me. They've got families. They've got kids. These are human beings. Human beings who, in a lot of cases, have no concern for the lives of other human beings. We knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen. You can't tell me that people are caught off guard by this. This is not even the first story. Of felons who have been released by Jay Inslee recommitting a crime. This is not the first case, and it's not going to be the last case either. This will not be the last case, and that's unfortunate. And at some point, unfortunately, someone's going to die as a result of this boneheaded move. And Jay Inslee, of course, won't do any interviews. Maybe he'll get one question during a press briefing in which he doesn't even allow any reporters to have a follow-up. He won't do an interview on this with Q13. He sent them a statement that I refuse to read because this is not a show for propaganda. I'm not going to read your excuses. There are no excuses. You should not have let this monster out. You know how I know you shouldn't have let him out? Because he just tried to strangle to death a woman. People were calling this out at the time. People are still calling this out. And Jay Inslee wants you to believe that he's a hero trying to save people's lives. He tells us that if we want to reopen the economy in a safe and responsible way, We don't care about lives. 
He literally said, you don't care about 60-year-olds. I heard this conversation about people not really valuing the life of a 60-year-old. Well, you see, a 60-year-old almost died because of the person you released from jail. Do you not care about the 60-year-olds, Governor Inslee? Are you the one who truly doesn't care? Did you decide for a moment maybe to stop blaming other folks? Trying to shame them like this? And I've heard some of this talk that 60-year-olds just don't count in our society. I don't believe that. It's not true in my family. It's not true in most families. Apparently it is true in your family because the guy you released from jail almost killed a 60-year-old. He's going to regret ever saying that dumb statement. Boy, is he going to regret that. Let's find out what else is trending. What's trending at home? There's a new app that's supposed to almost titillate the user into wanting to go outside and enjoy a nice hike in our backyards, the trails around us that maybe we don't even realize are there. At a time where a whole bunch of people are stuck indoors, they want you to get out. It's an app called Explorist, which is such a bad name. How do you spell Explorist? E-X-P-L-O-R-I-S-T. Right? It's E-S-T. I would have said I-S-T too. It's Explorist. (laughs) Explore Street. They forgot to put put a space. Explorist. It just rolled out here in Washington. The app shows professionally done photographs of different locations outside in Washington. We're talking about the Olympia Olympic National Park to just like beautiful skylines of Seattle and Tacoma. And it's supposed to get you in the mood to go out for a walk. For people to use and find and sort Uh of get inspiration for Uh hikes that they can do or different photo spots in the area. The app's photographers say that they hope the virtual travel will help people cope with quarantine fatigue by inspiring them to go out on a hike, to maybe go on some safe trips alone or with your family. People are going to be itching to get back outside, and so this will be a great way to kind of inspire people to find some new spot, maybe some spots that aren't as popular. So I think it might help spread people out as everyone's starting to get back outside. Well, until, until everyone goes to the one spot that you just unveiled for everyone to visit and they all say at the same time oh i haven't even realized that this spot was there i'm going to go hike there and everybody else on the explorst app ends up doing it and then all of a sudden this app becomes a vector for disease that's what you think this app is gonna do you're so negative why do you always have to find negative in things here's the thing i like so many other people with the exception now because i'm coming into the studio i'm still spending more time at home during the day than i am in the building But on weekends, I'm pretty much not going out because mostly there's nowhere really to go. And I'll watch some TV. I'll watch some movies. I'll read. I'll, you know, mess around online, do stuff like that. And people will ask me, what'd you do? And I'm like, oh, nothing. I'm I'm so bored. And I'll complain about being bored. And I just can't wait for things to reopen. And they always tell me, you know what you should do? Go for a walk. It'll make you feel better. And so I went for a walk. It did not make me feel better. Go on more walks. I went for another walk this past weekend. You know what it did not do? Make me feel better. 
You know what you got out of that boring. walk? it's boring. Why are we pretending going for walks is fun? You got a diet root beer out of it. I know you did. You I No, I got it. They didn't have the root beer. I had to get the Coke Zero. See? There, what do you there mean, was a, see? So it was a, a complete disappointment. There was a prize there, at the there end. There is no value. See, here's the deal. If you didn't like going for walks before the coronavirus, if you didn't like going to a park, going to a, a, a hiking spot, whatever it is, if you didn't like it, before Corona, you're not going to like it now. Well, you're not suddenly going to be I, interested in it. I used to not go on walks, and you now still don't go. On yes, walks. I do. Oh, you oh I go on tons yeah, of walks. Oh, t- where'd you go? Where's there to walk in Newcastle? Lake Boren Park. Uh huh. Yeah, and then I go up into the rich neighborhood that I can't afford, and I look at all their cool houses. Yeah, and that's like, called casing a joint. And, that's not going for a walk. And they're like, you're getting look at ready that little... to rob some some mansion <laughs> in Newcastle. Jason, this app looks great. I just downloaded it. Yeah, I can tell because as I'm talking, you're on the stupid app. It looks awesome. I'm excited to try this. I'm yeah. going to go on some walks. I'm going to snap some photos. No, you're not. The app is free, though they say there's a paid version, including photography advice and more information for each location. Why would anyone pay for this app? I don't need to pay for it. Because let's say it sends you to, where'd you go to, what, Lake Bourne Park? Yeah. So let's say that you go there and you find out about it on the app, and they have this more section that's going to give you some details about the park. Well, you could just Google anything that's going to end up being in that dumb app, and you don't need a nice photo of Lake Bourne Park, because you're already there. You're already seeing it. You're not a fo- You are a photo person, though. No, I'm not. Look at the wall in your office that's just made up of photos of a Europe that, that you've been to yeah, 17,000 times. That's, so that's the fun part. Like, I'll I'll go. Here's the weird thing. I'll go for walks in a neighborhood in an urban city like a London or Barcelona, whatever it is. And what I like to do when I go on vacation is I'll put on my headphones. And these are on the days where I'm, I'm not planning to meet anybody like friends who are in the area. I'll just go for a walk and I'll be I'll get lost you know, lost and listen to music or listening to a podcast or an audible and just explore. I find that interesting. I don't find it interesting to just walk in my own neighborhood or even Washington state because I could do that at any point going to Europe and going for those walks. You can only do so many times because you don't live there. And I think that's part of my, my excitement about travel, but you don't Explore Seattle at any time ever. You have I do. The, I know where everything is. What what else do I need in Seattle? There's. You're telling me you've been to every neighborhood in Seattle. The ones where I'm not going to get stabbed by some homeless dude who's strung out. Yeah, <laughs> those are the best ones. No, those are the scariest ones. And I've been to some of them. Usually on a ride along with cops or with the navigation team. It's it's called adrenaline, Jason. No, Just walk through it's those neighborhoods. Being scared. <sighs> it's it's called wondering if you're going to step. In uh, human waste, or when you do, you tell yourself it's not human waste, it's just dog poo. You just keep telling it to yourself, even though there's just something different about this smell and this this look. You know, and it's exactly like two what feet it is. away from that homeless guy who's literally doing it in front of you, and then you realize, oh, I guess that's not the case. By the way, I'm how how sad is this? I just officially got my voucher. For my vacation in July, that's now canceled. You just now got it? I just got it today, so it's now official. British Airwaves sent me my, my voucher. 
I still got to figure out how to get the voucher from a couple other airlines that I were I was using in Europe. It's canceled. You're probably going to go home and cry in your apartment tonight, the huh? one... Well, that's a normal night. The one thing I legitimately look forward to that makes me happy, outside of talking to my friends on the radio, of course, is traveling. The one thing that brings me joy I will not get to do. Coming up next, Mike Jellison, owner of PA Fitness. I'm the lawsuit again. Welcome back to the Jason Rancho on AM770 KTTH, streaming on the KTTH smartphone app. Well, he got sued. Attorney General Bob Ferguson just targeted two chims choosing to operate in the state just hours, weirdly, before the governor said small gym classes and sessions can actually open in phase number two. It is the latest bit of inconsistency and incompetence coming from Governor Jay Inslee. Joining me on the line is the owner of one of the gyms that's being sued, Mike Jellison of PA Fitness in Arlington. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jason. I didn't anticipate to talk to you two times within days, but it turns out uh, you're now making news. You're being sued by the Attorney General. First up, when you got the notice, what went through your mind? Well, we got actually the notice. We got a notice from the first day, the uh, Governor, and then we waited for a while and then we got a 48 hour notice and then we got a 24 hour notice to seize uh and I, I didn't think much of it but after consulting uh, my attorney Stephen pigeon i uh decided to kind of reconsider the, the ramifications of the suit itself basically would have sank my family and sank my owner's families the uh, other owners and it it, it po- totally money money motivated. It had nothing to do with Corona. It had nothing to do with Constitution, unfair uh, business acts because nobody else was open and we were open. So they wanted to charge me two thousand dollars a head for each person that would come in the door, which would add up to a million dollars a day. And uh, on top of that, they wanted me, uh, us to pay for their lawyer fees. So what did you do? Uh, we had no choice. We had to actually uh, close the doors uh, at this point in time. Um, it's unfortunate, and a lot of people are going to be hurt because they need this for physical and mental uh, health, and um, it's it's just a, it's a tragic thing. So obviously having to close your door, you find yourself in the same position you were when you decided to open, which is just an economically difficult time for the business. Now, many businesses across the state are, are dealing in the same situation. Do you anticipate continuing to listen to the order or do you plan on doing something else, reopening maybe somewhere else? I have, well, I planned on, I was thinking about reopening on a, on a, uh, uh, reservation because <laughs> they don't seem to have any rules, but uh, and that'd be really nice because then I could just pop open. They couldn't do anything about it through the federal government. But uh, we are uh, investigating certain situations right now. I have two lawyers that are involved uh, in uh, some lawsuits, and I do have one uh, lawsuit at the uh, Supreme State Supreme Court that's uh, being filed tomorrow with a. Uh, with Tim Iman and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Stephen Pigeon, so we're we're filing that, and there's going to be probably anywhere from 100 to 150 uh, mad mad gym owners uh, on the steps. So we're holding a little rally, and uh, we're going to see if we get a you know get a little uh, stir of uh, of what our pain is really about. 
So the city of Arlington has released a statement on the situation you find yourself in, and it's a little wishy-washy. I think it points out that it's important to stay safe, and they say that the stay-at-home order is a legitimate one, and they believe it to be constitutional, but at the same time, they also understand where you're coming from. They say the city of Arlington has no enforcement action against PA Fitness. The enforcement action is coming from the state attorney general, which gets you off the hook at least locally, because the local prosecutor, I suppose, could go up against you. And they say the city of Arlington prefers to work with individuals rather than against them in these extraordinary times. Number one, do you think the city of Arlington has been you know, relatively supportive of the situation you and other business owners are in? And do you think the governor is just going a little bit too far in enforcing an order that, to, to, to your point, you've acknowledged you are willfully violating? Uh, Barbara Tolbert with the city of Arlington has not uh, put on my Facebook her her number and her uh, email. I said, go ahead and get a hold of her and let's let's pretty much talk about her disdain. In the in the suit that we have right here that the uh, state AG sent us, it uh, shows that uh, the local government, which is Barbara and uh, her police squad, uh, will be in uh, uh, will will be. Uh, making sure that this whole thing uh, is is stuck, and we'll make sure that this thing is taken care of. So she's been obligated by the by the governor to take care of this situation for them, and uh, she's a Democrat, and she will. Just joining me, I'm talking with Mike Jellison. He's the owner of PA Fitness out in Arlington. Up until recently, they had their doors open. They were choosing to violate the stay-at-home order because they thought they could do so in a safe and responsible way, opening up their business to the community. Uh, Obviously, getting physically fit is incredibly important, especially at a time like this. The governor's office disagreed, and under Attorney General Bob Ferguson, they sued so that they can be closed down, facing some pretty hefty fines. Now you're challenging this in court. To the folks who wonder if it is safe for a business like a gym to remain open, what say you? Well, I mean, you've got healthy people. People that are in a fitness facility are trying to stay healthy, and they're working on their health, their mental and physical health. Um, and that's another thing that you've always got to consider. I've I've actually talked in the last 10 days to no less than probably 3,000 people, and that's another thing. 4,000 people, 4,500 people came through the doors. We, we did a temperature check on every one of them. We had no over 99 readings. So we know that there was nobody in here that was contagious of mm-hmm. anything uh, as far as a fever. Um, but the people that I've talked to have really expressed the idea that they're thankful and they're really happy to be back somewhere where they can let off a little bit of steam mentally and physically so that it doesn't overflow into something else in their life. It's important for people to actually yeah. be able to, you know, come home from an essential job and, and be able to actually do this so they don't go home and take it out on their wives or their kids or something else. I mean, people are people. We're not computers. So you're saying this is just a way to sort of relieve some of the stress so they're not snapping at their, their loved ones, basically. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it's a release as far as the mental proportions. I mean, it's not all about people think that people that lift weights are just big, dumb muscle heads. No, it's not. It's a mental situation to take off the strain. And then on top of that, you've got other people, like you can see out of my Facebook, I have elderly people in here that can't even get a surgery right now that mm-hmm. if they don't get on a, a, a recumbent bike or a bike, they can't move because they need their hip replaced. I mean, wh- where's the justice in that? Uh, the, the governor has left everybody behind except for his agenda, and, and even his numbers are skewed. What do you think his agenda is? 
his, his agenda is to keep the whole community down and tell the election and hopefully he'll get what he wants uh either henry booted or or, or a new president which if anybody votes for that side of the party they're, they're going to be very dissatisfied i'm on either side but i i do believe that i'd rather have a businessman run the united states than a politician. So, so the interesting thing is, and you, you said it just now, you also said it last week when we talked, you're not a Republican, you're not a Democrat, you, you, politically you could go either way, you're basically just paying attention to the people who make the most sense to you. But when you see the situation that's unfolding and how Democrats in particular, not just here in Washington, but across the country, are you know reacting to the coronavirus crisis, does that not push you in the direction of the Republican Party? Well, what it does is it makes me upset because it shows two extremes of two different parties. One does one and one does the other. I, I personally see that they're both extremists on either side. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure, I would like to be in a Republican state right now because then at least I'd know that I'd be free to actually run my business. But whatever the Republicans say, even our president on his on his mandates and his, his situations when we were reopening the United States, fitness first, phase one, and then and, – Gosh sakes, man. I mean, they can't get along. The Democrats go, no, 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 yeah. no. We're not going to do that because he said that. It's it's a he said, she said battle, and it really doesn't need to happen. Well, you know, we stand with you. We don't like what the attorney general's office is doing towards your business, the other gym in Puyallup. And I'm assuming that in the coming days, there might be some more announcements of lawsuits. What's always interesting is how they pick and choose who they're going to go after, because it's not like you. Right. right? It's not like you two are the only ones that are operating. We talked to a, a gym out in Battleground that's currently operating. Well, and I've got I've got there's another couple of gyms that are up. That are uh, operating right now. I can't give you their locations, but I can tell you they're they're in either Snohomish or King County. Uh, they, they don't think that the, the AG is that smart. I hope people don't think that because he puts one of us down. Now we have a time clock on him. We know it's going to take him just about ten days to shut the next one down. Mm-hmm. And I've got a hundred of them, and we'll keep popping them up all over King County, all over Snohomish County, and he's going to have to find them. Well, there you go. Just make sure you're doing it. When you do it, you're doing it safely, at least. We've been talking, with, yes. and by the way, I know you will. Mike Jellison is the owner of PA Fitness in Arlington. Thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Absolutely. You're listening to the Jason Rancho. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the testing numbers. Todd Myers over at the Washington Policy Center says he's noticing a trend, and the trend is that we're not really testing that many people here in Washington State. Why is that? He's going to stop by to tell us what he found out. You're listening to The Jason Rancho. Welcome back to The Jason Rancho on AM770 KTTH, streaming on all those smart speakers like Amazon Echo and Google Home. My next guest found a peculiar trend about testing here in Washington State, especially when you compare it to what's been going on in Oregon, for example. We apparently are doing less testing than we should be. So what's going on? Joining me on the line is Todd Myers. He's the environmental director over at the Washington Policy Center. Todd, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So you took a look at the data. Tell us what you found. So the governor has his little dials um, that are designed to give us an update on where we are in progress toward reopening. Um, And one of them is testing. And testing is important because you want to have a sense of who has the virus, and especially people who are asymptomatic, who may not realize it. So the data for the testing, though, show that for the last three weeks, the amount of daily testing that has been going on here has been declining. 
In Oregon, by way of contrast, during that same period of time, it increased by 26%. And in California, it increased by 66%. So they are doing far more testing every day than they did three weeks ago. We are doing less. Okay, so hold on one second. So when you say less, just to be clear, you're not saying we're seeing like one or two tests less than the previous day. You're saying it's an actual meaningful number. For, for steadily three weeks, we have been seeing a decline. So in the last week of uh, April, starting on April 24th, we saw about 6,500 daily tests. We're now down to about 5,800 or 5,700 in some cases daily tests. So almost 1,000 tests wow. fewer per day on a weekday than we, than we had um, uh, three weeks ago. So the governor is telling us that testing is the only thing that we need to get done for the most part in order to reopen. Why are we not getting the tests? It is unclear to me. Um, The first thing is is that he can't blame the federal government because Oregon and California are increasing their testing. So if there was a federal government problem, you would see it across more than, you know, you'd see that more than just Washington State. In fact, nationally, the amount of daily testing over the last three weeks has gone to about 200,000 tests a day to about 350,000 tests a day. So it has almost doubled. So the testing capacity is increasing, but we're not doing it in Washington state. There is an even more bizarre twist that just occurred today, which is is that the dials, the testing dial, um, which is supposed to reflect how we're doing in testing, Mm -hmm. improved today. It got better. (laughs) despite the fact that we are doing less testing this week than we were at the same time last week and less than we were two weeks ago when it also improved. So the dials um, that the governor is using to show progress are headed in one direction, but if you look at the underlying data, they're getting worse. How bizarre is that? Todd Myers is joining me on the line. He's the environmental director over at the Washington Policy Center. He noted that over the course of the last few weeks, we've seen a decrease in testing here in Washington state, yet at the same time, we're seeing dramatic increase in testing for coronavirus in California and Oregon. And even though our testing is going down, this magical dial, the the quote-unquote data that we are seeing in cartoon form coming from the governor is indicating that we're in a better position. Now, of course, I want us to be in a better position, but is there any real sense as to the underlying data that informs these these dials that he keeps pointing to as, as his evidence that he supports science and data? Well, you can go and download the data yourself. It's online at the Department of Health, and that's what I use. I use the state's own data to look at those trends, and they're going downward. There are other aspects to it that they say are included in the dial, but those data are not available or haven't been updated. So if there is an increase in testing capacity, it is not – the data for that isn't available online. The only data that is actually available is how many tests we are doing. And as I've said, that's declining. That's getting worse. What I find so remarkable in all of this is he loves to tout data and science. He will sort of say data, science, data, science, 27 times in every single sentence that he puts out there. And yet he spends so little time actually explaining what the data is and how it's all being weighted. So if you've got a decrease in testing and the the knob goes in the positive direction that clearly indicates they're looking at other numbers and it's weighted a little bit higher correct 
it's it's a mystery and that's actually <laughs> how i started looking at this initially is because he's doing the same thing uh on this issue that he does on environmental issues which is where i work which is that he says that he's citing the science and data and often doesn't and so i wanted to look at this to make a point that you know he doesn't follow the data and i was pretty surprised to find not merely that we aren't getting better very rapidly, but that we're declining um, and that the dials are going in the wrong direction. So if there is a relationship between the dials and the data, it is totally opaque. Um, and I think what's more likely is, is that the dials are just simply made up or that they are so um, political that that is overriding the actual underlying uh, information. So you're the environmental guy over at the Washington Policy Center. When we have you on, we talk about the environment. And, of course, I can't help but be reminded of just a few days ago, we played the audio of Governor Jay Inslee acknowledging in a town hall-style event for the Bernie Sanders team that he doesn't think we should be worried uh, about the the pushback to exploiting the coronavirus crisis and the poor economy to install some of his very fringe environmentalist policies. And you and I look at what he's trying to do. We call them fringe, though you and I would probably both call ourselves environmentalists, just not by the definition of what the left thinks. What what, what did you make of that that rare bit of honesty coming from the governor saying, yeah, yeah, we, we're totally exploiting it? Well, I think the first thing is, is that when Bernie Sanders comes to Seattle, the person who introduces him at his rallies is Shama Sawant. So if you're Jay Inslee, um, you're pandering to somebody who hangs around with Marxists. I mean, I, I think that's a, that gives you an indication of how sort of extreme and out of touch uh, the governor's ideas are. But again, the work that I'm doing on this data is related to the work that I did on his climate um, data and, and targets, and he has missed all of those. So he consistently fails to meet his own targets on reducing CO2 emissions. His policies don't get passed, but he is certain that if we do things that are even more destructive and more radical, that they will work out. It, it's just ridiculous. We need to do things that work in the market, that make people better off, that make the economy and the environment go hand in hand. Um, and what he is proposing is to do radical changes um, that will end up doing more harm to the environment. We don't have a lot of money right now. We need to make every dollar go as far as we can for the environment. And what he has proposed consistently year after year are things that are very expensive mm -hmm. but very ineffective, that have more to do with politics than the environment. Yeah, and that's why I've stated from the beginning in all of this, I don't think they're thinking of the environment first. They're thinking about capitalism first and how to alter and or destroy it. Different folks in the movement take different positions on that. But when you're talking about Shama Sawant, when she pretends to care about the environment, yeah, she might think ultimately it could help the environment. That's not her first goal. Her first first goal is installing socialism. Well, right. And, and the thing is, you don't, you know, it seems strange to say that Jay Inslee and Shama Sawant are together. But in fact, if they're both working with Bernie Sanders, you know, at very most, he's yeah. one degree of separation. And if he is, you know, pandering to Bernie Sanders, that's the mentality that he is pandering to. And I think it is 
totally wrong, not just for the economy, but also for the environment, because where you see top-down government-run approaches, you see environmental damage. And the fact that Governor Inslee has time and again set targets for himself. Here's where we're going to be in terms of environmental improvement and keeps missing every one of those targets. But when is challenged with them, rather than admit that he failed, he he distracts and says, well, we're going to do better in the future. Yeah. You need to align the interests of the environment with the interests of the people. And when a politician fails, they will do everything they can to hide it, which means that the environment gets sacrificed in favor of politics. Todd Myers is the environmental director over at the Washington Policy Center. If you want to read his take on a whole host of topics, but most importantly, the one we just talked about, which is these misleading dials that the governor is using, head on over to WashingtonPolicy.org, WashingtonPolicy.org. Todd, my friend, thank you so much for stopping by. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You've been listening to The Jason Rancho. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really do appreciate it. Coming up next, Ben Shapiro.